Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hey, mamacita, welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. That's mamas as in, hey, mama, y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama. Let's be mamas con ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Izara. In today's episode of the Mamas Conganas podcast, I'm going to be talking about three things that can help us heal our political rifts. So this is the first time ever I talk about politics on the podcast, and I'm not here to tell you who to vote for or what to think. I think you guys get enough information about that outside of this podcast. As you know, this is a self-improvement podcast. So my intention with this podcast is to actually bring healing and love to a world that sometimes can be quite divisive. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we all want to live in a world where we have the right to our opinion and where, you know, to think our thoughts and to think about, you know, to have our opinions because we live in a sea of opinions but where people will respect our opinions. But if that's what we want, we also need to live in a world where we respect differences of opinion. So that's why I think this podcast topic is of utmost importance. And the fact that it does belong, politics does belong in a sense in the self-improvement world because the self-improvement brings that love, tolerance, and acceptance that is not usually in the politics. But of course, we want to see it more in the politics. But how can we expect our leaders in our nations, in our world, to be a great example of what it is to sit in a table, even with differences of opinion, if we can't sit with our friends and have discussions, discussions that are controversial, without getting mad at each other, screaming at each other, or breaking up the friendship. And that's why I think this episode is so important. Are you a business owner, side hustler, or entrepreneur? Do you love to shop from culturally relevant businesses? Join me, Giselle Martin, host of Relate and Elevate podcast and member of the Latina Podcasters Network to meet inspiring Latinx business owners and learn empowering business tools. You can find my podcast and podcasts of my fellow Latina Podcasters Network wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So two years ago, actually, I had recorded an episode on this. It was titled Healing Our Political Rifts, and I decided not to release the episode because I thought, oh, this topic is so heavy. It's so triggering for so many people. But you know what? It's the moment. I know this is, I feel it. God's telling me, release this episode. We need more loving, healing, and spirituality in politics, more self-improvement, people thinking sometimes more with their head than with their heart. Because even though, yes, it is important to bring the, your heart into things, it's also very important to act in a way that's rational, 
because rationality sometimes allows us to um to to know to not come from a place of triggering emotions because when we're triggered and we're so in our emotions and we get upset so quickly at what the other person is saying sometimes we don't think with our head and when we stop thinking with our head sometimes we can say something really stupid and then we can lose friendships that in reality shouldn't have been lost so i am going to try my best to you know to help you navigate um and discuss these topics that are sometimes so difficult to discuss if you've been listening to the podcast you know that i am of venezuelan descent i am from caracas venezuela born and i moved to the united states when i was six years old so i say this because this is one of the reasons that politics for me is so important i think it's so important to vote I hope you're going out and voting this week. Um, Venezuelan immigrants have a very strong opinion about politics because we have gone through a lot in Venezuela since the election of Hugo Chavez in back in 1998. Uh, my homeland has experienced a political crisis because what came after the election of Hugo Chavez was a complete intolerance to differences of opinion. And many Venezuelans will tell you that you know with chavez people either hated or they loved him and it sort of reminds me a little bit honestly of trump because people either hate him or they love him very few people are you know even keel about donald trump and i say this as an observation not in giving you my opinion about this political figure Now before you get all riled up about what I just said about Donald Trump if you actually are, are a Donald Trump supporter hear me out because there are also things in the Democratic Party right now in the United States movements within the Democratic Party that also remind me of Venezuela so I'm actually quite neutral right now when it comes to American politics so hear me out before you label me as blue or red know that i have actually voted for candidates on both sides and i am not affiliated with either party and for a long time i wanted to affiliate myself with a party and then i i decided that no i really am an independent the only reason i mentioned donald trump to begin with is because i feel that when there's a political figure that comes into the lives of a country that may come across as very dis divisive it is our duty and this is what i've learned with the whole venezuelan experience and i'm going to go a little bit more into that so that you understand a little bit more of where i come from but i think it's so important when we have a political figure that can be divisive in terms of making people hate him or love him like have those two extremes but to get people to be a little bit more neutral which is the hardest thing to do right now be a little bit more neutral but neutrality is where peace resides because you're not so triggered and so in your emotions neutrality also gives you the capacity to discuss very controversial topics in a level-headed way in a way where you don't rupture or create rifts among friendships or family members. So going back to the situation in Venezuela, 
what has followed has been an economic and political catastrophe. And I mention this because I feel that it's important to learn from other people's experiences. When we don't learn from other countries, when we don't learn from other people, we tend to repeat history. And sometimes that can be very tragic. Um, so for the past decade, at least, there's been an exodus of Venezuelans fleeing the country. And I can't, I can't explain to you, because I'll get very emotional very quickly, the pain of seeing your country divided and, and to see your family. Because I used to be the only you know, person outside my family to live outside of Venezuela. And during the summers, when I was little, I would just always go back to Venezuela. And all of my family members there were there. But since the political crisis and since Hugo Chavez came into power, um, a lot of my family members started moving outside Venezuela. And now I can say I probably have more family outside of Venezuela than in Venezuela. And the, my, my family members, my aunts and, and my uncles and grandparents who still live in Venezuela are enduring horrible, horrible conditions. Most people don't really know how dire and tragic the situation is right now in, in the country that I was born in. Uh, the inflation rate yearly is calculated at almost just under 2,000%. When you take into consideration that the yearly inflation rate in the United States right now is at about 1.3, it's hard to fathom an inflation rate of almost 2,000%. It's absolutely tragic. People are living and making a salary of about 3 or $4 a month in average. Imagine living in 3 or $4 a month. Kind of impossible, right? And it's heartbreaking. Uh, you know, our story, the Venezuelan story, is very much tied to the Cuban story. Cubans also, there's a lot of, I live in Miami, and, you know, the Cuban exiles will also tell you the pain, you know, the pain that they endured and having, you know, to leave your home country, or even when you're an immigrant and you move to this to this country, the ability to go back to your home country and visit and enjoy your home country, you know, even if it's just during vacations because you decide to stay in the United States, at least when you have that, it's beautiful. And when that's taken away from you, it can be something that's very painful. So um, I talk about the Venezuelan experience because this, I think, is the reason why I feel that it's so important to make sure that we as a nation, as the United States, do not let ourselves become divided. And I think right now, if I look at it from a very, um, a perspective from above, I feel that it's our duty on both sides of the political spectrum, whether you are Democratic or Republican, to make sure that we stay united as one country and not let anybody, anybody divide us no matter what. And because of my background, I've seen people, not only marriages being broken apart by politics, but siblings no longer talking to each other because of political differences in opinion. And families being torn apart, friendships being torn apart. So this is why I feel that it's you know, my duty, if I do have a space for self-improvement, to really be the voice for tolerance and love, because that's what this podcast is about. It's about being able to sit down at a table with a friend 
of yours that might have a completely different political opinion than you have and to still be able to see that person in a loving way. And some of you listening to me right now might say, oh, that sounds so kumbaya, so hippie-ish, but fuck that. No, this is not about being, it's not about kumbaya. It's about being able to sit with people with differences of opinion at the same table and still love each other and have intelligent conversations and then come to agreements because that is the most beautiful thing, I think, in history of American politics. And the founding fathers, they had found, some of the founding fathers had very, very, very different political views and they were still able to come together and still create the Declaration of Independence, still create um, the Constitution, regardless of their differences. So this is not about kumbaya. It's literally about having that capacity and that maturity to create agreements and create resolutions even when we have differences of opinion. And it's crucial because if we expect our politicians to, be, to have that capacity, we ourselves must have the capacities in our families to have these controversial topics and issues and conversations without breaking you know each other down or putting each other down and without creating rifts in our relationship and of course these conversations are obviously not easy to have the conversations that are happening in the United States regarding many things are not easy conversations, mamacita. Political conversations are never conversations. I mean, that's why the French say, because I grew up partly in France too. So I have a very French side to my personality. And the French always say, never discuss religion or politics at the dinner table. But I say, if we're going to discuss politics at least we got to do it in the right way. And there is a right way. There is a right way to do it. Actually, I have a funny story. Um, I This last Friday, my husband and I hosted a dinner. And so the for some reason, the older that I get, the more, the more open that I am to really engaging in these types of controversial subjects without getting offended. I used to be the type of teenager, particularly when I was a teenager. Uh, I was very... I would get very, very feisty in political conversations. I've always had a very strong opinion. And then, and I couldn't tolerate listening to other people's points of view. You know, I would, get, I would just get upset. And I just, I would just think, oh, they're just so stupid. And I would just shut myself to, to not, and I wouldn't listen to what they had to say. And as I became older and wiser, yeah, <laughs> wisdom sometimes does come with age. I've realized that it's actually a really, cool thing to sit down at a table and have a conversation with somebody who you completely disagree with. And if you really open yourself to that person, you actually learn a lot of things. So going back to last Friday, I have a friend who is a very intelligent man, uh, who is, um, who's always very involved in political news and he's very well read. He does his research and he's a very smart guy. Uh, he's a Democrat. Uh, he was not a Democrat originally. He was a Republican turned Democrat. And now he's a very, you know, a very big supporter of the Democratic Party. And then I had my dad, which has been, <laughs> who has been a very big Trump supporter in the last year. Um, and I laugh because 
you know, it's not that he stands for Trump, but he does. He uh, right now, the way that he sees politics, he's very much in line with, uh, you know, with Trump's policies. And but my dad is also very well read and very um, and he, he reads a lot on politics, on international politics specifically. And and yeah, he's 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 defending Trump right now and he's trying to get everybody to vote on that side. So I had these two men who are both very intelligent and have a very good sense of uh, of humor come together. And I kind of put them together on purpose. <laughs> I was sneaky about it. But my dream during this entire uh, election process has been if I could just get my friend, my, my friend who's actually uh, my friend's husband, if I could just get him in the same room as my dad and have them go at their political stuff because I knew that they would both be able to handle the conversation because what I've seen is that when these two men have discussions with people who can't handle difficult conversations, what happens is that the conversation will go sour very quickly and then everything will be shut. It, it'll be like uh, sort of like a, like a breakdown in conversation and then the people will get upset and then, ah, but I knew that these two men coming together, even with very big differences in opinion, would be able to handle each other. And at the end of the, of the night, end up laughing. So I ended up going to party city and I, <laughs> I ended up buying like a, it's not masks, but these like cutouts of Biden and Trump, these big cutouts of the heads. And I gave one one of them to the each of the of the men and we sat down and as the and for the women I bought these little stars these little shiny little uh American colored stars and we put them on our heads and we sat down we had dinner and we had a very uh a very how would I say lively conversation about politics where like I said two different political sides that disagreed on a lot of things not on everything but on a lot of th a lot of things and we still had a very good time. And we all learned a lot from one another. And the, the most interesting part of the night was when these two men, listening to the other side, actually sat down and listened, like really listened to one another and went, hmm, that's interesting. Because I think that's what is to be learned by listening. When you really listen, you actually learn something or at least learn, at minimum, learn to see the other person's point of view and where they came from and why they believe what they believe. Because there's also always a reason why somebody believes what they believe. So a question straight off the bat, are you an open-minded person, an open-minded individual? And it's funny because even this, you know, the definition of an open-minded person, I feel like some people say that they're open-minded, but they're not really open-minded. They say they're open-minded, but then they sit down at a table with somebody else and immediately they'll get insulted when the other person has a different point of view. So if you are an open-minded person, a real open-minded person, then this is the podcast for you. This is the podcast for the person who wants to expand themselves, who wants to learn a little bit more who, you know, is not intimidated by people who share different points of view. Or maybe you are a close-minded person and you already know that you are, but it's something that you want to change. And this is the podcast for you too, because maybe you're realizing the way that I've 
been thus far hasn't really helped me be at peace with myself. So I want to learn how to live more in a world where division exists, but where I could still live in peace, at least within myself. Because what we don't want to happen, I think what a lot of us don't want to bring is that divisiveness home. Because we know that that divisiveness doesn't let us be at peace with ourselves. And I think that's sometimes why this, the news scares us so much sometimes as we see all this chaos um, on the outside world. And then we bring that chaos inside ourselves. But I really do think that there's a, there's a way to be that allows for the chaos to still happen on the outside and for us to observe all of these, you know, things that we might be fearful of in the outside world, but not let that enter our space and our home. And that's what I try with my children, with both of my sons, is to, you know, to give them that, that lesson and that space for tolerance and to teach tolerance to them. Because I think that if we were all focused on tolerance, then we could all have differences of opinion, you know, very different opinions, but still have respect for that and still be able to live our lives, you know, in harmony together and have neighbors that might be of different religion or race or nationality and still get along with them. Because I think that that would be the ideal world and a world where we're able to make our choices for ourselves and still be loving and kind to our neighbor. So with that long introduction, I'm going to start talking about the first thing that will lead to this transformative world that we want to create. and there is a very important word, and the word is called validation. So when we have these really difficult conversations, realize that what sometimes the other person needs, most of the time what that person needs when they're talking about their opinions and their very um, opinionated points of view, what people are looking for is validation. Now, if we want validation, towards us, we need to validate also the other side. And everybody wants to feel validated. Validation opens up the space for communication. And I know that this is true because validation is something I think that we all need in our relationships, like our personal relationships. And for myself, for example, with my husband, when we argue and we can't seem to get along, it's normally because we're not validating one another. I want validation for my experience. My husband wants validation for his experience. And when we fail to give each other validation, we fail to communicate with one another effectively. And like I said, it's usually because we're not validating what we're going through. And as soon as I feel validated in terms of my experience, all of a sudden, for me, it's like I put my barriers down. And I'm able to communicate with my husband, for example, if it's we're having an argument. As soon as he validates me, I put down my barriers and then I'm able to communicate with him in a way that's not aggressive. And I know it's vice versa for him. When I validate him, when I listen to him and, and, and I really tried to put my, myself in his shoes, everything becomes better. Before I forget, I wanted to let you know that I have a free gift for all my listeners. It's a free abundance guided meditation that I created especially for you. It's the meditation that I use on a daily basis 
It will help you bust through money blocks to realign with receiving what you want. There's a lot of power in giving yourself positive suggestions to develop an abundance mindset. And also there's power in visualizing a compelling future so that you can create new momentum in the direction that you wish your life to go. So if you want to attract more abundance in your life, go to mamasconganas.com forward slash abundant. So I think with that, with this political climate, I think the first thing that we need to give each other is validation. Like tell the other person who you, who you don't agree with, still say to them, I see you. I really see you. I see the hardships that you go through and I'm validating you. And even though you might not see the hardships that they're going through, but if we try to understand one another and put ourselves in their shoes, we might, we might come to see the hardships that they go through and what they're scared of. And validation, I think, makes a world of difference. And I think that's what's not happening right now. We're not validating other people. A lot of people in, uh, you know, in this political climate are, are just, it's all like argument and argument and argument and argument. And there's no, there's no validation anywhere. Nobody wants to validate anything on the other side. It's I'm right and you're wrong. You're wrong and I'm right. But when we do that, when we make it all about being right and the other person about them being wrong, there's all it creates is more division. And, you know, it was, t it was interesting because two years ago when the whole Me Too movement was happening, I was telling my husband, you know, I think that what we need as women is just validation. And I always think, man, that's so easy to do. But then it's not, right? Sometimes it's not easy for people to validate the other side. And so that's why the other side gets louder and louder and louder. So personally, I think that when people come together, and organize these sort of movements, like like the Me Too movement that I was just talking about, that was very, that we were talking a lot about uh, two years ago. When people come together as one and they say, like, see me, see me, I think what they're trying to do is say, like, validate my experience. And I think a lot of times what women need in terms of this is, yes, for men, mostly from the men that we love, is okay, I see you, I see your pain, I see that sexual dis assault and sexual, you know, gender discrimination and um, sexual harassment exists, I see you. And if we just got that, I think that would make things so much better. The same thing for the Black Lives Matter, you know, if we could say, I see you, I validate you, I see your pain, I see what you're going through, yes, I see it. And I don't think it's something where it's something exists and the other thing doesn't exist because, of course, there are people or there are women. You know, not all women will be telling the truth. Some women will wrongly accuse men of doing things that, that are not true. So validating the woman's experience with, you know, rape or assault or harassment doesn't mean that the other side doesn't exist. We have to leave a space for the other side as well. And also the same thing with the Black Lives Matters. You know, saying Black Lives Matters does not mean that all lives don't matter. Like, why can't we say Black Lives Matters and all lives matter? 
it's not so it's not so easy. It's like it's not so simple. It's both things matter. Yes. The woman's experience matters. The men's experience matters. The black experience matters. All experiences matter. And sometimes when all the division comes when we're not able to say this and this. We want to make it this or this. It's like if we say black lives matters, why can't that mean and all lives matter? But we have to be able to say the other one too. So that's, uh, we have to be able to live in, in a more, um, we have to be more intelligent. Sometimes we don't want to, we want to, to have life be so simplistic, but life is not simplistic. We need to allow space for all of these things. And we need to validate the other side. So whatever side you lie on with regards to that subject, yes, and the other thing as well. So validation, validation. And if you're having a hard time with a particular friend who might have a completely different point of view, and I have friends that are on the completely the opposite sides of the spectrum, and I'm able to have these conversations. And the best conversations I have with them are when I come to the table and I validate their experience. Not in, a, not in a false way, in a very genuine way. The media wants to fool us into thinking that it's only, it's either, you know, pro-life or pro-choice. What if we live in a space where we have pro-life and pro-choice? And I know that sounds, you know, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in that, in saying that. But when we're able to live with cognitive dissonance, although our brain might get confused, that's sometimes where you find neutrality. And neutrality is where you find peace, where you don't let yourself be so charged emotionally by something that you kind of lose yourself in your ability to, like I say, sit down with people of different points of view. So again, number one, if you want to heal political rifts, Validate the other side, no matter what. Validate them, but from your heart, from like a genuine place. Number two, the number two thing to do to heal our political rifts is to listen without judgment. And listen, I know that's so difficult. I mean, listening without judgment, hmm. When we actually live in a sea of opinions, right? Every one of us lives and in our own sea of opinions. And it's interesting because I did a course two years ago called the Landmark, Landmark Forum. And that's one of the things that they talk about is the fact that each of us lives in our own sea of opinions. You have your opinion. I have my opinion. My dad has his opinion. My mother has her opinion. We all have different opinions. And no matter how similar we're, we are, we're not going to agree on everything, right? So we live in our own little world of opinions. And sometimes it's really hard to take that opinion away when we're listening to the other person. So whether we're re reading something on social media that's political we might, or that we might disagree on, we immediately come to it with our baggage of opinions. And so we're not really reading it or opening our minds to seeing it from a different way. Because automatically we have a judgment on what we're, on what we're seeing. And not only that, we have a judgment al already on who wrote it, 
even before we read it, we already know who wrote it. We're already, we're already making our opinions about what we're about to read. So listening without judgment is something that's really, really hard. And it's something that, that's hard for me. I, I admit it. Sometimes it's very hard for me to just listen openly without having that voice of opinion in my head take over. And I know it's hard for a lot of other people, for most people. But it's essential to understanding one another. If we come to the table already having our minds made up and our opinions formed, we're not really having an open discussion. We're just there to, to, say, to state our point of view. So when we're sitting down with somebody of a different opinion and we're having a discussion, whether it's on Facebook or a conversation at the dinner table with our family, we need to be able to listen to that other person without judging them first. So what I try to do is I try to imagine the person that's in front of me and I try to like paint them as a blank slate. So I guess it wouldn't be painting them at all. It's just creating this like image in my head of them as a blank slate. And I try to erase the slate on that person and erase the judgments I have on this person. And we know what judgments we have about the person. So we know those type of things that we need to erase. So at least we can sit down with them and try to listen without judgment, which means really listening. And, you know, ju you know, judgments are the way that humans, you know, judge other people. Sometimes it's not a negative thing. You know, we use our judgments to also decide whether somebody is dangerous for us or not. So that ability to be able to categorize somebody in a category of, okay, dangerous or dishonest or not trustworthy is very important with a lot of things that we do. Because if we didn't have the ability to categorize a per person in a certain category, then we would just automatically you know, trust everybody, even people that should not be trusted. But the downside of having that those opinions already formed about individuals is the fact that we always see those people as that opinion that we have already formed about them. So if you see, for example, if you have a friend and her name is Susan, and you say, well, Susan is a selfish person. And she's, and not only that, she's kind of messy. Well, a lot of times you're setting yourself up. Or most of the time you're setting yourself up for Susan only to show up as messy and selfish. Because that's the way you've already painted her to be. So we have to be very careful and not judging people so quickly because when we are not aware of the judgments that we have on the other person and at least when we're not consciously aware of them then we might not allow those people to show up in our lives in any other way than how we've painted them to be and a key to listening without judgment is to open up yourself to the possibility that you might not hold all the right answers even if you've done your research even if you've read a million articles read a million books seen a million reports on the same topic. Just if you open up yourself to the possibility that you might not know everything, you might not hold the answers, that will allow you to listen a little bit more without so much judgment. Another key to listening without judgment is to not take anything personally. Like not to have their opinion 
affect you personally. And just say to yourself, you know, what they're talking about, I'm not going to take in a personal manner. It's not about me. This is their opinion. I'm not going to allow myself to get insulted by what they say. Because that's what happens. A lot of people immediately take things personally and then they get insulted by it. And then they're unable to listen without judgment. Because they think it's all about them. So it's, you know, don't try to make it all about you. Just erase that blackboard of judgments that you have for the other person. And don't take things, what they have to say in a personal manner. So number three as to how to heal our political rifts is don't make assumptions. So I'm going to go back a little bit. Number one of how to heal our political rifts is to give validation to the other side. Number two is to listen without judgment. And number three is to not make any assumptions. So there's this book. Uh, I know I've mentioned it before on my podcast. It's called The Four Agreements. It's a book by Don Miguel Ruiz. It has sold over 9 million copies. It's been on the New York Times bestselling list for like almost a decade. Anyways, the, the book tells us that everything we do is based on agreements that we have made. Agreements with ourselves, with others, with people, with God, and with life. But the most important agreements that we can make are the ones that we make with ourselves. So the book asks us to make four agreements that can like rapidly transform our lives into a new experience of freedom and love. And one of the agreements is to not make assumptions. And I feel this is so key to healing our political rifts is to not make assumptions about the other person that we're listening to. And let me tell you, it took me two years to release this podcast episode on politics because it's such a scary topic. And it's so fun. I think it's kind of funny because I'm, I, I consider myself to be so, so moderate, like a person who actually has friends on opposite sides of the spectrum. People that I love, yes, that I love dearly very much on both sides. And I've come to the place where I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily to trying to change their points of view. But I do think that I have a space of a lot of power be, by being friends specifically, uh, being friends of people with very opposing opinions. Because I know that sometimes I'm their only window to the other side. So that's why I always try to stay open and have friendships of all different types. Because when we are, when we have enriching friendships that are very global, a lot of times we become that window for what the other person does not see. Because they might only have friends in very close circles. So I consider myself a sneaky little creature who sometimes, you know, is their only window to another point of view. So that's why I personally decide to, you know, to have friends of, of very, of many political views. And I try not to make assumptions. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I fail miserably. <laughs> but for the most part, I try. And I have in the, in, in the process, I have very interesting conversations because that's, I think, what, what um, 
ensues is that when you're able to have these controversial discussions openly and not judge the other person, listen to them without judgment, validate what they go through, I think what ensues are very lively conversations where you actually end up learning. And if we all try to put each other in each other's shoes, we would learn a lot and not be so divisive. Create more tolerance in general. But I do find that when we allow the other person to vent and we validate them, that most of the time they'll give us our, our place to also voice our opinion. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> Anyways, I hope this podcast um, has shed a little bit of hope in a topic that sometimes feels hopeless. I would love to know what you have to say. How do you deal with people of different political views? How do you create more tolerance and compassion in your families, in your world? I'd love to know your opinion on this. Let me know what you thought of this episode at mamasconganas.com forward slash 56. And happy election. Go vote. Voice your opinion. But validate and listen without judgment. Plus, don't make any assumptions about the other side. And maybe you want to make a promise right alongside me. Because I promise myself that no matter what the outcome of this election is going to be, that I will continue to be a voice for unity and a voice for, for yeah, for freedom, which is what this country stands for, and a, boi- and a voice for tolerance, acceptance, and respect of others. I hope you make that promise with, right alongside with me. And no matter what the outcome is next week, whether you're upset at the outcome or really happy with the outcome, that you hold a space for that tolerance and acceptance of others. See you next week, mamacita. Besitos. It's Valentina. Espero te gustó este episodio de nuestro podcast. If you liked it, or if any of our content has inspired you in any way, I'd be ever so grateful if you showed some amorcito by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Every single review will help us reach more mamacitas so they can live their life con muchas ganas. It's because of you, our listeners, that we're able to create contenido para otras Latinas. Un millón de gracias por suscribirte, escuchar y compartir nuestro podcast. Si tienen preguntas, comentarios y más, pueden visitar nuestra página web mamasconganas.com or follow us on social media at mamasconganas. You can also write me directly at info at mamasconganas.com. Hasta la próxima. Es Valentina recordándote, don't be a mama con drama. Mm -mm. Let's be mamas con ganas. Besitos.